Welcome to The Morning Glory Project, Stories of Determination, Extra Blooms Edition. These Extra Blooms episodes are revisits of our past guest. My co-producer, Angela Washington, and I very often find ourselves sharing updates with each other. Oh gosh, did you see what that guest was up to? Did you see what they did? Did you see that? Did you see that? And we figured that if we get excited seeing what new things they're accomplishing, that you might too. So these Extra Blooms editions are that, a little extra where we revisit with a past guest to see what else has gone on since last we spoke. Maybe they've got a new passion project, a new idea, a new book, a new accomplishment, and we like to share that. So feel free to go to themorningglorieproject.com to listen to any previously aired episode. And we love it if you write a comment, share it out, give us a review, and let others know. Of course, you can always subscribe to The Morning Glory Project across all of the podcasting platforms. That way you just never miss an episode. So welcome to the Morning Glory Project. I'm glad you're here today, and I know that you'll love hearing from our Extra Bloom guest. I am so happy to welcome back to the Morning Glory Project in this special Extra Blooms edition, Damien Posey. Damien is a wizard of sorts in San Francisco. He is an award-winning Bay Area mentor, and he's affectionately known as Uncle Damien in his community. Um, As a low-income boy of color in the inner city, young Damien chose a too-familiar path, which led him down a life of criminal behavior, gunfire exchange that resulted in him being shot many times, and ultimately ended up being incarcerated. And Inside of jail, Damien kind of realized this is not where I want my life to go and not how I want my daughter to see her father go. So he made some serious changes in his life. And upon his exit, he dedicated himself to be a better father, a better community member. And really, I think I think he'd agree with me, a better man. So today what he does is he devotes himself to helping young people avoid the path he took. And since the last time we spoke, uh, Damien has formalize his organization, Us For Us, which is US, the numeral four, us.org. So that's usforus.org. He's the executive director of that. And that organization is dedicated to helping youth and other vulnerable folks in San Francisco and doing health clinics, mentorship, entrepreneur training, all kinds of things. Damien was honored with a key to the city by Mayor London Breed and works with the Human Rights Commission as well. Damien, welcome back to the Morning Glory Project. Thank you so much for making the time today. My people, my people, my beautiful people. Thank <laughs> you once again for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had to look in the mirror real quick. I was like, is that me she's talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I'm definitely humble, definitely grateful um, to you and everyone else and to, to my city, you know, for uh, allowing me to serve them, man, because that's all I want to do is just serve the people, you know? Well, and let's let's talk about that service for a minute. And and you and I spoke last at the end of 2019, and we are speaking now at the end of 2021. So uh, a few things changed during that period. So when you and I last spoke, we didn't even utter the word pandemic or COVID or anything like that. So that all happened on your watch. And I'm wondering, um, what's that been like for you as you serve the community and the members and the the vulnerable folks that you serve there? Um, It definitely has been um, a roller coaster 
experience, you know, um, some, some good, some bad, you know, keep my community hopes and spirits up to the best of my ability. Like you said earlier, working with the young people, working with the re-entry population, working with seniors is definitely has been an experience like none other. And can you tell me a little bit with some detail? I mean, I know that, I mean, we all have seen how COVID has just swept through various populations, but my imagination is that in a community of people with limited means, a lot of people of color and a lot of youth that it may have hit that community extra hard. Definitely, definitely hit hard. Um, I still live uh, in uh, the community where uh, I was primarily raised at in the Hunters Point Bayview. Uh, and I, and I witnessed it uh, firsthand just seeing, um, you know, people um, getting sick, people losing their jobs, um, people, you know, <laughs> literally almost losing their minds, you know, the young people, failing in school. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I thought, you know, that would be the best thing in the world. Like I could go to school from my house, you know, <laughs> you know, we would think that that would be amazing, but it actually did a great disservice to our young people, not blaming anyone in particular. It just, you know, it's just something that just happened. Yeah. It wasn't anybody's fault that it happened, but, but, but it, I would imagine that folks with more limited means had more limited access to Computers had an internet access and all of those kinds of things. And also, I'm guessing, you know, more than one kid to a computer, if there even is one in a home. Definitely. I mean, to be honest, you know, the San Francisco Unified School District, the city of San Francisco, um, you know, I, I think entering in, into something that we've never experienced before, that they they did what they could to address the issues as they came about. There were hot spots given out. There were laptops given out to students, but it was like kind of late. The, the, the organization of the classes was kind of uh, unorganized. And once again, I'm not blaming anyone. You know, it just is what it is. It was, you know, it ran upon all of us. Well, you know, I mean, the, the word unprecedented keeps coming to mind because no, we, we were in uncharted waters. Everybody was figuring it out, but it, it sounds like some people were trying to bridge the gap. It's just that the gap was bigger yeah. in your community than it might've been in, in, in communities of more privilege, frankly. Most definitely, most definitely that, that, that happens. You know, uh, I, I, we were able to, you talked about us for us, um, going in depth about that. Um, you know, this was something that I was working on uh, for years. I was getting it together. But when the pandemic ran up on us, uh, I just saw it as the time like, like, no, we can't wait anymore. We have to activate because there were so many people that were going inside, so many organizations that were going inside and shutting their doors, you know, righteously so, you know, but me being, um, you know, I'm blessed to be a young-ish, strong man, you know, um, uh, I'm not married. My, my daughter's grown, so I didn't have to worry about no young kids or any older people. My mother lives in Louisiana. So I was able to identify myself and others like myself who could still be out in the community to serve the people because the people still needed services. The people still needed to be loved on. Uh, we were blessed to, to team up with Kathy Davis in the senior center. Uh, we were serving uh, 205 seniors every day, you know, bringing meals to their homes. Uh, we partnered up with Mobilize Love, another organization that uh, 
I work with and, and they're not, they weren't really into the communities, you know, mm-hmm. and I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, introduce them to, to more communities, more urban communities. And we worked together and we were, we were serving the people with meals, you know, uh, every day of the week. So this isn't just for youth, obviously. You were you were serving all kinds of vulnerable folks. Oh yeah, definitely not not for the youth only at all. Well, it's interesting that you say too, Damien, that you know I think lots of people who wanted to be of help to others had some limitations. They had obligations to their own young children, or they had physical vulnerability, or they were older, or what, or they were in other work that they couldn't leave. So it's inspiring really that you saw yourself as, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm youngish, I'm strong, I'm healthy, and I don't have anybody depending on me right now. So I can go ahead and push my sleeves up and do this. Definitely. That was definitely my thought process. Well, so us for us also does like, I'm seeing health clinics and mentorship and entrepreneur training. So, so the health clinics, was that directly in response to COVID? Like you were, you know, getting health checks and tests and later on vaccines? Is that part of what you did? Yes, definitely. Um, so just being that, you know, I'm Uncle Damien, you know, I, I know a lot of people. Uh, this is my city. Uh, I know a lot of people with good hearts as well. So it was individuals who who wanted to do some things but didn't know exactly how to do it or how to get it done or or where their their workforce or their volunteer force was going to come from. And that's uh, that's where I'm blessed to thrive at being able to uh, uh, cultivate individuals and people's uh, uh, kindness and, and their work ethic. And I'm like, Hey, you guys want to do this, but you can't do it. Cause you don't have the people. I have the people and you got the stuff. Let's work together and get this out to the people. I teamed up with a, a, a wise health. Uh, we teamed up with several different, you know, health organizations who had access to, COVID tests and vaccines of that nature. And we helped to get the word out. We helped to uh, structure um, COVID sites and vaccine sites and stuff of that nature. Um, So, yeah, so we just, you know, like I said, we had to step up to the plate. Well, you know, it it really strikes me that whenever there's a a huge effort like this of, of whatever kind, you know, I'm thinking, you know, disaster relief after hurricanes and those kinds of things, there's the administrative folks that have the machinery to do what needs to be done. There's the people with resources that have, that can contribute, but they need people on the ground to know how it really can be executed. Most definitely. Cause I I'm thinking back to other crises where you've seen, you know, shipments of food sit and go bad in, in trucks because they can't get in and, and get served. And it seems that you're the kind of person on the ground close to, these folks that knows how to get it across the finish line. Definitely. Definitely. That's one of the things that we were doing, man. We teamed up with uh, farms to families and other amazing organizations. And we were, you know, we were giving out at one point, like 1400 boxes of food every week, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, we had a station where we were set up at where people could come pick up. But I mean, you know, a lot of people weren't leaving. So, you know, I had places, I know a lot of families, I know a lot of, large families like hey this is a mother over here with five kids she needs you know i know she needs it like she can't get out here come to it we need to bring this to her doorstep mm. i can name 10 families off the top of my head that's like that and you know damien we're talking here about san francisco of course but 
there are Uncle Damien's <laughs> in a lot of places, in a lot of cities. God bless them all, too. Yes, and indeed, and you as well. But it, it strikes me that it's it's important for for those who want to do good to not try to invent the wheel, but to rely on folks that have already figured that out. And that's actually a thing in the nonprofit world, in the CBO world. You know, um, you know, a lot of people have good hearts and want to do things, but sometimes it's like we need to do it my way or whatever the case may be. I, you know, I don't, I don't have any of those hangups. I'm like, let's just get it done. I don't care who's in charge. I don't care who gets the recognition for it. I just know these people in these communities need these services. Well, it's that's the difference between service and ego. Right. And like you were saying, like, you know, uh, there's no need to reinvent this wheel. I'm blessed to have worked with Rudy Corpus, uh, Sean Richards, Drew Jackson over there in Sunnydale, uh, Jack Jacqua, uh, Ray Balbaran, you know, uh, all of these amazing individuals. Uh, uh, Joseph Spinola over there uh, in, in the Fillmore, Rico, the whole SVIP, all these individuals who've been doing this for years, you know, so like you said, we don't have to reinvent it. We just have to hold up and sustain the good programs that are already in place, you know? Well, and also not not be redundant, not have the same thing come from different places. And, you know, here you are, Damien, you're rattling off a list of names that someone who is listening to this podcast in Baltimore or Dallas or or Miami won't know, but that's the point that that the the, the Uncle Damien or Aunt Damien <laughs> in their community will know those people, and so you know I think about you know my own desires to be helpful that sometimes the you know what I think might be helpful like sending blankets to a, a, a hurricane site or whatever. They think, oh my gosh, don't send us blankets. We got to ship that stuff. Just send us money for so we can get it here. Right. That sometimes there's a a way to help that's more helpful. So when you are looking for help for your community, when you're looking for assistance, I know, of course, or I'm assuming that people can go to usforus.org and contribute so that you've got more more grease for the wheel. (laughs) Definitely. But but also that they can rather than stepping in with their own plan, they can try to coordinate in their own communities with those already on the ground trying to do what you're trying to do. I definitely encourage individuals who, if you do not see what you feel like needs to be done in your community to create that. But first, you know, look, look, look around because it may be somebody doing that and you just don't know them. You just don't see them. It's a, it's a big world we live in, a big community. Sometimes we miss stuff. You know, go to your community center. Go to, you know, go ask your local politician, your district supervisor or whatever. They might have some information that you don't, you don't have readily available. And if you don't see it, create it. Look it up. Reach out to somewhere some other places, Google it. Google is amazing and see somebody and, and reach out and get some advice like you're doing now. You're, you're doing it for them. You know what I mean? Which is amazing, but you know, you, you could do it, do it yourself. Cause as, as a community advocate myself, I always welcome individuals with ideas um, and people who are willing to help. But like you said, the wheel's already turning. So definitely come volunteer. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that, 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 I imagine too, is that somebody who comes in with good intentions, but maybe not such a great plan, 
will burn out really fast um, because it doesn't work so well and it's not so satisfying and they get discouraged. Whereas if they're able to actually see the the positive effects of, of their contribution of time, money, energy, whatever it is, they're more likely to get the reward of that feeling of, you know, I made a difference. I did some good here. That feels really great. I want to do some more of that. Yes, definitely. Those are those endorphins. Those That's the gas that keeps <laughs> the whole engine in motion. Is that what works for you, Damien? Tell, tell me what gives you, <laughs> I was going to say, tell me what gives you gas. That's a different kind of a question. What What is the fuel for you? <laughs> oh, man, the fuel for me is, like I said, I still live here. I, I see I see my community family members every day. You know, I, I see I see the kids going to school and coming from school. And, I, you know, I, I, I see the drug addicts. I see the drug dealers. I hear the gunshots. You know, I, I, I know what's going on. I know we still need no matter how herald I am from the city and city hall and leaders and stuff of that nature, I still see the little girls suffering. I still, you know, hear about, you know, uh, uh, the sex trafficking and stuff that's going on. You know, I see the homeless people every day, you know, so those are the things that that keeps me going and and Mm -hmm. letting me know that, you know, and, and my own life struggles, remembering, not forgetting the things that I went through and, you know, the individual, that I wish that I had in my life, you know, that's all I'm trying to be is the individual that I wish that I had in my life coming up. So all, all of those things give me gas. And then on top of that, let me not just be a Debbie Downer. I'll also see the positive effects of what we're blessed to do in the young people. If you go look at my page, area um, on Instagram, you'll see the young people whose lives are being changed, who are deep in these same communities, but are choosing to stay out of trouble because they have an option. The us for us is another option for them now. You know, you don't have to join the gang. You don't have to, you know, steal or do anything crazy because you have an option with us for us to have your back, to hang out with some other cool kids led by an older, cooler kid being myself, you know. <laughs> um, you know, you, you have an, another option now. So, you know, I also see that too, man. I have the my babies who tap in with me every day who are hitting me right now because they're getting out of school. They're like, what's up, Unc? Is there something to do? They want to do some community stuff. They want to give back because, you know, they're becoming popular in that field. Like that's another endorphin, you know, it's like, hey, you don't have to be a, a hardcore gang member to get some respect and some love in the community anymore. You can be somebody that uplifts the community and the community love you that much more. You know what I mean? Well, that's... and. Of course, I'm going to confess my ignorance to that world because that's not where I am. But I can imagine that kids that are vulnerable, that aren't getting what they need, are really vulnerable to the seduction of a gang. It feels like you're part of something. It feels like you are you have a sisterhood, brotherhood, whatever it might be. So if you can get that in a healthier, better way, that that's got to that's gotta have some mileage on it for them. People of color are tribal people as it is, man. We like to be around people and, you know, stuff of that nature. That's one of the things that I, that I, I learned. You know, people want to be part of something and, be, and feel like they belong, you know, whether it be good or bad, mm-hmm. you know, and we're just trying to steer them to something better, you know. I want to ask you a question and then I want to go back to something that you said. But <laughs> tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurship training so the entrepreneurship training was something that uh, I was blessed to hook up with Hope SF. 
um, which is a, a, a program out of City Hall with the mayor's office uh, that focuses on a few housing sites. They had put out some type of grant and we applied for it. And what I did was being that, you know, we are dealing with a pandemic and COVID. And now, mind you, I, I have been out and doing stuff, but I'm respectful of the situation. I, I, I know people who family members who've passed. I have people who are very close to me who've passed from COVID as well, personally. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Uh, but we got to keep loving on the people. So what what I did, me and my organization, what we did was we had entrepreneurial training on Zoom and in person. So we went to uh, the communities um, and took over their centers. The majority of most uh, housing projects in San Francisco's have like a central hub, a center, leasing office or whatever may have you. And I brought in um, I brought in entrepreneurs, man, to teach a, a, a basic entrepreneur class. So this is like to help kids think of starting their own businesses or not just kid, anybody, anybody was, everyone was welcome. Oh, everyone was welcome. Uh, you might've been talking about my entrepreneur pop-up, the young bosses pop-up that I did. Okay. We could talk about that. Your boy been busy. I've been, <laughs> <laughs> your boy been busy. I've been doing a lot. Um, so the entrepreneur, uh, workshop was, uh, something that I put on in person in, and in zoom in five different communities on different days to just help individuals, um, learn about business, man. You would be surprised uh, the amount of people who don't get started because they don't know the first little steps. So we took them, you know, step by step. Or even because they can't even imagine being able to do that. You know, it, it, I, I wonder, you know, if, if you look at a drug dealer in a twisted kind of way, that's an entrepreneur, right? I mean, that's a businessman. Oh, most definitely. So this is just putting them on a different track, but with getting some of the same skills in a, in a better, healthier way. I want to go back to something though, Damien, because there are two things that come up. One is that of course the, the nickname by which you're known uncle Damien. And then when you talked about seeing kids going by, you talked about seeing my babies. This is really personal for you. This is family, isn't it? It is. So it must be, a special heartbreak when things don't work out well for one of your babies. So uh, I am a, a, a empath. I'm an empathetic individual. I feel a lot of pain, and it's a, a and joy. It's uh, it's a bittersweet situation, but um, you know, uh, without getting too religious, because I'm not super religious, but I, I have a personal relationship with God. But I believe that you know. Uh, the creator made me strong, um, maybe a little bit stronger than than other folks, you know, to whereas, you know, um, you know, I, I could deal with it. When when you hear uh, of a kid going the wrong route or when you have so many losses to COVID or drugs or other perils that happen, I know that you feel that. I know you, you can't talk about people like your babies and not feel like badly when it doesn't work out. How do you get through those moments? I think about the babies that I have left. Mm. You know, and it's, it, it's pretty, it, you know, it's, it's basically that simple, you know, to a certain degree. Like I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be a, a little bit stronger than others emotionally, you know, but then I, I, I have so many that I, 
that I'm blessed to be in contact with, mm-hmm. you know, um, young people, um, re- my reentry people, my seniors, all of them. I don't want to say they need me, but they need this this energy. They need, uh, you know, these services. So, you know, as, as they say, the, the show must go on. I definitely feel it. I, I have had some times where, you know, late at night after everything, you know, the day's finally over where I, I've sat and cried, you know, some deep sobs. But, you know, I, I got up the next morning and got back to it because, like I said, I think about my other babies and I know they need it just as much. So uh, th- there's there's no give up in me at all. So Well, to to feel the sorrow doesn't mean you're not strong, of course. It just right. means that you, feel, you, you, you have a heart. Um, and that is evident. Damien, usforus.org is a place that if, if you live in the Bay Area or in San Francisco and this is something you care about, that's a great way to contribute either your time, your money, or your energy in one form or another of support. But if you live outside the Bay Area in another place to listen and look and read your local newspaper and find out who the Uncle Damien is in your world. And Damien, you also have another title that um, you go by, which is which folks can find you on Facebook and other places, which is once a monster, now a mentor. And that phrase, I've ever since I've met you in this setting, you know, two nearly two years ago now, I've thought about that and I've thought, you know, that's a six word biography. <laughs> Once, you know, you have your story. I'm working, there. I'm working on it too. I'm working on the books. <laughs> Once a monster, now a mentor is a personal character story arc that is inspiring and touching. And the fact that you then transform that and help other people get to the same spot. I, I want to, as a member of the Bay area community, I want to thank you for what you do. I want to inspire others to help you do more of it. And I want to ask you to take really, really good care of yourself. I am doing my best. Thank you so much for being part of the Morning Glory Project. I'm glad to have you back for this extra bloom. It is my honor. It is my honor. I'm feeling bloomified. You know, <laughs> whenever you need me, just let me know. You ask some amazing questions and, you know, you get deep to it and you make you make me think. And I, and I, and I appreciate that. Bless you, Unc. Damien Posey simply amazes me. And it starts with that six-word biography, Once a Monster, Now a Mentor, that his life has transformed, and not by accident, but by intention, that he took himself from one way of living to another and now works to do that for others. The other part of Damien's story that came through to me more vividly than nearly any other today was how he referred to his community members as his babies and how they refer to him as uncle. Unc. (laughs) You know, what would this world be like if we regarded every child as our baby, every community member as our auntie or uncle or friend? You know, this world is such a mess. And and there are days when I just think, oh my gosh, how do we even survive as a species, really? But then I encounter somebody like Damien, who is 
investing his heart, his time, his energy, everything he has. Maybe I can't do that much because I have other endeavors or other obligations, but I can do some of that. I can regard my neighbor as my family member. Notice, pay attention, tune in. And also, I can accept that I have limitations and I can't do everything to help somebody, but maybe I can clue into resources that can be of help. That's an important thing to know, what your limits are, but also to bust through some of them. <laughs> you can find out more about Damien at usforus.org. That's U-S and then the numeral four, us.org, usforus.org. You can find him on Facebook at Once a Monster, Now a Mentor. And you can find him on Instagram at area. Lots of inspiring, amazing stories in all of those places. I hope that wherever you are, that you're tapping into your potential and that you're finding your way to bloom and then have extra blooms. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>